What is up, everyone? This is Alex Lieberman, co-founder and CEO of Morning Brew. Welcome back to Founders Journal, my personal audio diary, where I give you, the business builder, the tools you need to think better in order to build better, whether that's building a business, a team, or a new product. I have a question for you. When I say the word strategy, what do you think of? Seriously, take a second to think about it. Because there isn't one right answer. And if my listeners are anything like the founders and investors that I've spoken to about this, I am bound to get dozens of different answers when you email me. And I find that fascinating. Think about it. It is a word in business that has so much pride and ego associated with it. Everyone wants to say they're involved in strategy or they're strategic. Yet we don't have one unified way of defining this word. So my goal for this episode is to unpack why we as builders want to be considered strategic so badly and also what I believe to be a really strong attempt at defining this word. Let's hop into it. The word strategy truly has taken a life of its own. I feel like it's become business jargon like synergy and cooperative and EBITDA. It's become a prerequisite in business for every person that reaches a senior enough level to say that they are strategic. And the word strategy has become appended to every other buzzword in business. You don't just have business strategy anymore. You have product strategy, brand strategy, people strategy. You have strategic planning. And why is it that we feel the need to call everything strategy and to identify ourselves as strategic? I think the biggest reason is because we live in the knowledge economy where thought and decisions reign supreme to effort and brute force, right? So we went from an agricultural economy to an industrial economy, and now we're in the internet economy. And in the world of the internet economy, some of the most quote unquote prestigious jobs and so much of where talent is going is in knowledge worker positions where being analytical, making decisions, being thoughtful is considered a super currency. But my issue with this definition of strategy is I think we put undue pressure on us identifying ourselves as strategic because I think we assume it's the same thing as being a thoughtful or analytical professional or being considered a good decision maker, but I actually think they're quite different. So let's start with the academic definition of strategy. If you literally were to look it up in the dictionary, it says that business strategy is an outline of the actions and decisions that a company takes to reach its business goals. And there's a lot about this definition that I like, but it's also so broad and high level that I don't know what it means in practice. And it leaves me with a ton of questions on top of this one answer. So I'm left wondering if, per the definition, strategy is the set of actions that you take to achieve your business goals, does that mean that setting goals isn't strategic? Because I actually would think of goal setting as like one of the more strategic things you could do. And then also, who's responsible for setting strategy? Is it the job of the CEO, the chief strategy officer, a COO, or is it a collective effort among multiple people that's tied together by one individual? Plus. What time period are we talking about? Is strategy encompassing of both short and long-term, or is it specific to quarterly goals or annual goals, or is it really just about the long-term, like five years and out is the true company strategy? All of this to say that I just felt like wildly 
unsatisfied with this discrepancy of people latching onto the word, yet there never being a true definition of the word. So I went searching for a more satisfying definition, and I came across a book that does just that. The book is called Seven Powers, and it was recommended to me by this guy, Packy McCormick. He's an amazing business writer who you should check out on Twitter or LinkedIn. And basically, he describes Seven Powers as the Bible for business strategy. It's written by Hamilton Helmer, who's a famous equity investor and professor, and he's acknowledged by Peter Thiel and the CEOs of Netflix and Spotify as being central to how all of these different business leaders go about setting their company's strategy. And Helmer's definition of strategy sounds different from most that you will hear, including the dictionary definition I just read, but I think it makes a ton of sense when we break it down. He says, strategy is your plan as a leader for maintaining power in your market. And the way that power is defined is it is a company's ability to experience persistent profits. Okay, let's step back for a second. The key word in my mind here is persistent. Power is a business's ability to experience persistent profits. And persistent is key because what most businesses will find as they get larger and more profitable is that any competitive market will end up attracting other companies that want to realize the profit that your business is realizing as well. Even take the example of Netflix. As Netflix has gotten, you know, gone from originally in physical DVD rentals to now being in the streaming business and doing incredibly, they are attracting competition into streaming because there is a lot of profit to be extracted from streaming. And generally, like if you look at traditional economics, it'll say that any competitive market will basically attract enough competition until there's no more profit to be had in the space. And so what power is about is even in the face of competition, where people are trying to dethrone your position in the market, what is your plan for maintaining profit over the long term? That is your strategy. And so the example that Helmer uses to illustrate this difference is Intel. And you may be listening to this and, you know, not have a ton of context on Intel other than being like old company, big in technology, don't know much about them. But what I will say to you is Intel is actually one of the most influential companies ever. It was their invention and the proliferation of the microprocessor that literally led to the modern internet today. So whether it's Google, Facebook, Netflix, Uber, name XYZ big tech company, they would not exist if it wasn't for the technology that Intel developed in the 70s and 80s. So anyway, Intel, short for Integrated Electronics, was started in 1968 by Robert Noyce and Gordon Moore. You may recognize Gordon Moore's name, known for Moore's Law. Basically, they were two employees who were working at Fairchild Semiconductor Technology Company. I believe it was in Silicon Valley. And they were sick of working for this company, so they wanted to start a business of their own. And that business was Intel. And basically, what Intel started as for the first several years was a memory company. Like, they were known for the technologies that they were building in computer memory. The first thing that they pioneered was metal oxide semiconductor technology in SRAM, which was a type of memory technology. Then they built the first commercially available DRAM, which was another innovative form of memory. And the early days of Intel, that is what drove all of their initial revenue and profits. And it was considered to be like the sexiest line of work to work in. The best employees, the best manufacturing facilities were all devoted to memory. 
because their belief was that memory was their technology driver. And that was leading to Intel being the best positioned technology company in the world. The issue that happened was in the mid-1980s, there were a ton of Japanese competitors who started building more reliable memory technology at lower costs. And at the time, the Japanese government was helping to fund these businesses. So Intel, originally the pioneer of this technology, was struggling to compete and they were losing market share. And for a long time, they kind of resisted any change because they thought of themselves, their identity was as a memory company. The most important decision that was made in Intel's history was by Andy Grove. Andy was one of the first employees at Intel. And so what Andy Grove and Intel ended up making the really hard decision of doing was getting out of the memory business. They had tried a ton of things to stay in it. They focused on being in niche parts of memory. They tried inventing new types of memory. But the issue was that they couldn't earn a premium for their product, right? Because the Japanese companies were producing as good of product at lower prices. And so they were literally being priced out of the memory market down to a place where it was no longer profitable. And so microprocessors were just getting started. They had actually started creating microprocessors as work for in like consultation for another company. But the microprocessor business was doing extremely well. It was this decision by Andy Grove and Intel to get out of memory and into microprocessors that set the stage for decades of Intel being one of the most powerful technology companies in the world worth hundreds of billions of dollars today. And so what Helmer would argue is it was this one decision to focus on microprocessors over memory, one business that had incredible power, power meaning profitability for a long period of time, and then the other business memory, which was huge at the time but lacked power, could not be profitable for an extended period of time. Helmer would say this was the true strategic genius of Andy Grove and Intel. It was this focus on a business that had power that set the company up for decades to come. And so I want to stop there and hear your thoughts on business strategy. Do you like Helmer's definition? Does it make sense to you? Or do you think there's an easier way to understand what business strategy means? And actually, it's a very simple definition that's understandable. Shoot me an email sharing your thoughts on what business strategy means to you at foundersjournal at morningbrew.com. Thanks for listening to the episode, everyone. If you want to show your support for the podcast, leave a review on Apple Podcasts for Founders Journal. It is the best way to grow listeners. And I believe we're at like 295 reviews at this point. So I'd love to get to 300. Thanks so much in advance. And I'll catch you next episode. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.